0: You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. And after you're done meeting and greeting, you can find a Bible and turn to this passage that's up here. So find a Bible, turn there, whether it be an electronic Bible or an actual Bible, find John chapter 20. All right, John chapter 20. <laughs> We are in the habit of not putting up the scriptures to encourage you and help you to, to uh, find the passage in your own Bible, to bring your own Bible. How many of you bring your Bible, like a physical Bible, a paper, old school Bible? Yes, I see those hands. Amen. Um, all right, John chapter 20. Uh, this is a pretty awesome passage, starting in verse 19. It's when Jesus has already died. And he's, he's resurrected from the dead. And he appears to the disciples. And it says this. On the evening of the first day of the week. So it's dark outside. It's evening. Maybe the sun's setting. The disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. So imagine the disciples. It's evening. sun setting. They're meeting. They've locked the doors. And so John, the author here, makes a note that they did lock the doors. For fear of the Jewish leaders, says Jesus came in and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." So that's a pretty cool scene. Like it doesn't really say specifically whether he walked through a wall or through a door, but it says the doors were locked and then Jesus appears, and that would be pretty scary. So he says, "Peace be to you," which is shalom. Which would you you would need to hear something about? Um, This guy just walked through the wall or something. Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. And the disciples were overjoyed that they saw the Lord. Can you imagine it? This man who had been crucified, put into a tomb. Three days later, there's, there's rumors that he's risen from the dead. And here he is through locked doors. He appears to them. And he says again to them, peace be with you. So again, uh, another peace be with you. It's, it's okay. It's, it's me. I'm here. And he says this, as the father has sent me, I am sending you. And then the reason why we're reading this passage today, verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. How awesome would it have been to be in that room and for Jesus himself to breathe on you, to be that close to God, for him to breathe on you, and for him to say, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Let's pray this morning as we begin. Holy Spirit, we pray to you right now, and we thank you for for being in this room, for filling it like the air that fills this room. We're so honored and overjoyed that, that you live and, and dwell inside of us as believers and Christians. And God, we thank you that we've felt your power throughout our life. I know I have. And, and felt your conviction and felt your leading in our lives. So Holy Spirit, we, we honor you. We, we do praise you. We worship you. We pray to you right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here. Give us insight and wisdoms. Open our hearts and our minds as we study who you are and who you are inside of us. So we praise you, Holy Spirit. And everybody said Amen. Um, I want to tell you a story. begin with a story and it 's about this tunnel. Anybody recognize this particular tunnel? Do you every time you probably go skiing, you go up to Denver and then you cut into the mountains go west This is Eisenhower Tunnel. Anybody, raise your hand if you have ever held your breath under, in, in a tunnel. It's what you're supposed to do. You just do that. And if you've ever done that, you've probably had success holding your breath in a tunnel, um, probably until you've tried this tunnel. Um, this Eisenhower Tunnel is 1.69 miles. Um, and if you're going the speed limit, which is 60 miles per hour, uh, going westbound, um, then uh, it will take you 1 minute and 41 seconds to get through this tunnel. That's a long time to hold your breath, especially since the average person can only hold their breath 30 seconds to a minute. Shall we, shall we see how long you can hold your breath real quick? On three. Ready? One, two, three. <gasps> all right, raise. I'm not holding my breath, obviously. Raise your hand if you're still holding your breath. Oh, look at all the hands! And then put it down as soon as you breathe. Look at all the hands. So it's been, I, I guess I should have timed it. It's been like 30 seconds, so probably about now is about an average breath holder. If you're really good, you could probably get to like a minute um, on the upper hand of a, of a, of a minute. <laughs> still a few hands. <laughs> people are starting to panic. Don't faint. If you faint, and people have to bring you out. Look, at there's still people. Okay, I don't know how many seconds. I should have timed it. Um, obviously. This is pretty long. One, two, three, four, five, six. These guys are just staring at each other. It's go time. Uh, We got Matt and Jake still holding their hands up here. Jake? Jake did it! So that was about a minute, someone said. So... that was, that was about a minute. So that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's the upper hand of an average breath hold. And this particular tunnel takes one minute and 41 seconds. And the other day when I was going up to ski, I did it. I held my breath. It's been a lifelong goal of mine to hold my breath uh, for under uh, Eisenhower tunnel. I wasn't going the speed limit. I was going a little above the speed limit. So it's... <laughs> So it was probably a little less than a minute 40, but definitely over a minute. And it's more impressive that the air is a little thinner, that this bridge, or this tunnel, excuse me, is the longest... Uh, tunnel in the interstate system and it's also the highest in altitude. It sits at like 11,000 feet. So holding your breath for longer than a minute at this altitude is even cooler. So, um, so I did that and I was researching like how long people have held their breath and just thinking about holding my breath and uh, there's like exercises you can do. You can like hyperventilate before you hold your breath to hold your breath longer. There's, uh, you could breathe pure oxygen and then fill your lungs with pure oxygen before you hold your breath and really increase your breath holding. But um, the, the, the longest someone has held their breath without that uh, oxygen. Right now, I think the record is somewhere around 11 minutes, 35 seconds by Stefani Mischkundel or something like that in 2009. And that's pretty sweet. I mean, that's a long time to hold your breath. But still everyone, I mean, if you just did that, if you just held your breath, um, you know that you need air. Even someone with like an insane lung capacity um, of holding their breath for upwards of 10 minutes, They have to breathe again. And I I love that the analogy of the Holy Spirit is often compared to, in fact, the very word itself, ruach, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for spirit, means wind or air, uh, a spirit, soul. And and the New Testament word, uh, pneuma or pneumatology, that's the study of the Holy Spirit, is is breath, the wind, um, air. And I love that that this idea, this analogy of the Holy Spirit is like the air that we breathe. Like the wind, we see the effects of the wind, but we don't see the wind. Uh, We need air to breathe every minute or so or less if we're not holding our breath. And this analogy of breathing, the spirit... And who he is, is compared to with the wind. So we'll come back to that again today as we talk about the Holy Spirit. And that is, by the way, our month's topic. Because we at the Mill Sunday School take topics by month. And um, this month we're in this series of, of pneumatology, study of the Holy Spirit. So if you're new to the Mill Sunday School, we do have, uh, I think there's cards that look something like this on your table. And you can fill them out, bring them out to the uh, welcome table as you leave. And it's a, we have a gift bag for you has a CD from The Mill on Friday night. That's our College and 20-somethings ministry, um, which, by the way, you don't have to be in college or 20-somethings to come to The Mill Sunday School. We have started to say that anybody can come, whether you're uh, younger than 20-somethings or whether you're older, that's perfectly fine. We don't card at the door. Um, but uh, in, in the gift bag as well is, I think, Brady Boyd's new book, Sons and Daughters. We want to give that to you if you're new. So fill out the card, and, and we'll contact you by email. We won't take advantage of your information. Um, so anyways, that's that. So let's review kind of where we've been and where we're going. Systematic theology review. And if you look on your tables, there's uh, like little bookmarks look like this. And on the back is, is this whole schedule of what we started off with in September. For some of you, that, that seems like years and years ago. Uh, it's just a few months ago. But this series will end up taking us nine months, which is which is usually, um, like, usually if a church does a nine-month series, uh, usually only, you know, people start leaving. It's like nine months to study something brutal. But since you all are the nerds of new life, well, then you just, like, rise to the challenge, and you love it. So congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. Thank you. Uh, anyways, uh, so we've been studying the introduction to theology, we studied who God was, we studied creation, humanity, Jesus, salvation, and here we are in the Holy Spirit. We we started off in September talking about the the order of systematic theology, and we are doing this order. We are doing theology in a systematic way since September, and here we are uh, in the month month of March studying the Holy Spirit. So, let's officially begin our study. Uh, Pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. And that, that introduction to that word, pneuma, you've probably heard that before. Uh, like in uh, pneumonia. Anybody ever had pneumonia? What is it? An infection of your lungs. Yeah, the air that you breathe. Your, your, the, the, or at least the, the organ that, that processes the air that you breathe. Pneuma. Does um, anybody like to work on cars and have an air compressor like that? Anybody? Yeah, I see a couple of hands, sweet. Um, so we have a air compressor up here, which we'll get to in a little while. We have a pretty cool analogy with that, but it's called a pneumatic tool, and there's that there's that root word again, pneuma. This the idea that works on the wind or air pressure. Um, and I think to to introduce pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit, I first want to say that we often talk about God as Father and God as Son, and I think the Holy Spirit is sometimes often the The one that we don't think about more, the one that we don't pray about, uh, pray to more. Uh, We'll answer the question in just a second. Can you pray to the Holy Spirit? Uh, We started off today doing that. Uh, I'll make an argument that, of course, we can. The Holy Spirit is God. But I'm probably guilty just as much as anybody else is of praying prayers like, Dear Lord Jesus um, or Dear Father God. Um, I have to consciously think just cause about praying to the Holy Spirit. And we should pray to the Holy Spirit. And I think we can understand God as Father, this idea of a father, a loving father. And maybe some of you have great examples of fathers. Yeah, my, like my earthly father is like a heavenly father over this whole world. Beautiful. I get that. And some of you probably understand the idea of being a son, Of course, you know, God sent a son, but there's this connection between father and son and that they are one and the son dies for all humanity. Oh, I get that. This idea of father, this idea of son, but the Holy Spirit, that's the one that is like, wait, who is he? How, what is he? How does that work? Um, And So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and introduce the idea that the Holy Spirit is God. He's been around uh, with God and is God since the very beginning. Do you know what a sword drill is? It's when you turn to a, a passage of Scripture really quickly. So you have to hold your Bible like this or up in the air. It, this should be a really easy one, by the way. Genesis 1-1, sword drill. Who's got it? You got it? You got it. Victoria's got it. It says something like, in the beginning, right? Probably some of you have this, this memorized anyways. Um, so are you there? Are you there? Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and it says now the earth was formless and empty, the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, it doesn't say that the spirit was then created to hover it's just like, it, and it was like in the beginning God like wow, God was in the, there's no beginning to God, it's not like two gods uh, had a child or something like the titans or Greek mythology it's so in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters and and this passage as well as others we'd say that the spirit is not a creation of god the spirit of god is um god himself uh, to be worshiped and praised and glorified. Um, I had some friends. I I lived in LA for the short period of my life in uh, uh, seminary. I, I was in LA and got into surfing. Anybody ever try surfing? Sweet, lots of people have tried it. Um, so, lots of, anybody a surfer? There's a big difference. Oh, a couple, yes. Uh, there's a big difference between trying surfing and being a surfer. And if you're hang out with surfers long enough, they will talk about how surfing is this spiritual thing. And I heard this one guy, he was telling me, like, dead serious um, about how, why it is that surfing is so integral to his life because because he said, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And, and the Spirit of God was hovering, surfing over the deep. And, and I thought, oh, whatever, dude. That's a little weird, but whatever. And he was going on and on. Like, that's why there's such this connection with God. Because before he created us, that's what he was doing. He was, you know, surfing. He's like, all right, I, whatever. I'll let you have that. Um... But the Spirit of God, um, here's, a, here's an artist's painting, or not a painting, this is a, a sculpture, Bernini's uh, sculpture of uh, the Holy Spirit in, this is in the, the Vatican in, in St. Peter's Cathedral. And this is the Holy Spirit as a dove. And, and you had think about how birds fly, and of course it's with air and the flapping of their wings. And it almost looks like like a bomb going off, um, and this, the spirit, the dove there is like exploding into this space, and um, like filling up the earth with himself and who he is, and then there's there's golden angels and people like just feeling the effects of the Holy Spirit, a pretty awesome sculpture, um, and it begins with like the, the center of it, of course, is the, the this dove who is, who is you know, the spirit like a dove when Jesus was baptized, hovering over, and, and, and this idea of hovering in the air is, is here again. So let's begin um, pneumatology after these. Uh few little analogies. Let's look at what we believe as Christians. So we're going to look at the Nicene Creed. And it's a, it's a creed that we as Christians say. We, we say it at the mill fairly often. We say it at New Life fairly often. Um, it's, it's this creed that's stood the test of time. It goes back to the 300s AD when the church was forming and they came together and said, uh, here's what we believe. It's the first ecumenical council. Ecumenical means worldwide. Um, and so, at the, the world the known world at the time gathered bishops, leaders from around the known world at the time in the year three hundred ish gathered together and put together this creed and it has a line in it about the holy spirit, but we 'll get there. Um, so I would like us to to, to process this this creed um, and join in with the, the church for that you know since three hundred ish have have joined in and saying this creed out loud, so if you 're able to read it from where you are let 's read it together um, and then pay specific attention. Uh, to the part that we're going to look at today, which is this, the, the next page will have this section in orange, which is specifically about the Holy Spirit. But let's say this creed together. <clears throat> we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures he ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again to glory judge the living and the dead his kingdom will have no end we believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son who with the father and son is worshiped and glorified who is spoken through the prophets we believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. It's a powerful creed. And the, here's that um, portion that's, that was in orange. <clears throat> the portion about the, what we believe about the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is the Lord, comma the giver of life. Who proceeds from the Father and Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. Um, that one line in there, just to give you a tiny little piece of church history, uh, proceeds from the Father and the Son. Some creeds don't have and the Son. Uh, we as Protestants in our tradition you know, take, take from the tradition of the Protestant Reformation. So we often uh, say... And the sun, if you've seen some versions without, uh, there's a big church history debate over that. Um, but I think the, the bigger point is that well, of course, he, he does come from the Father, because it says Jesus in one verse says, I will send you another counselor. It says the Father will send another counselor to be with you forever. And then another verse says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. Or the, unless I go away, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So we have in Scripture both the Father sending and Jesus sending the Holy Spirit. So it is it is a church debate that is um, definitely beyond the grasp of myself and my um, It's a a pretty big deal in church history, but if if you're really nerdy, you'd begin to research that. It's the filioque clause, the Latin phrase for and the Son. Um, But, anyways, how did the, the Nicene Creed writers come to this understanding that they believe the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son, and who with the Father and Son is worshiped and glorified? So, can you worship? The, the Spirit. Well, the Nicene Creed says you can, so she could. Is the Holy Spirit God? Is he the Lord? Well, the, the Nicene Creed says we believe in him, the Lord, the giver of life. Um, and who has spoken to the prophets? Like, well, oh, that's how the prophets know what they know. That's how they wrote the text of Scripture, through the Holy Spirit. So how did the Nicene Creed writers come to this conclusion, come to this beautiful statement about who the Holy Spirit is? Well, I think if, if we were to... To blank slate ourselves and just have the Bible as our text, I think we would come to something very similar to what the Nicene Creed writers um, put down as far as the creed goes. Um, So, so this idea of coming to Scripture with a blank slate is going to be pretty important. Today, we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Next week, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then. I like think the week after that, we'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like uh, his prophecy and speaking in tongues, uh, the gift of hospitality, the gift of service, the gift of love. Are, are those gifts for today? Did some of them cease? Um, what, what's the deal with some of those weirder, uh, more interesting gifts? And I think it'll become even more important that we, as the Mill Sunday School, um, Just try to look at this afresh and and become a blank slate to have Scripture alone write upon our hearts and minds what we believe about the Holy Spirit. Because in some ways, it's much easier to come to an understanding of the Holy Spirit if we are open to what Scripture says, if we try to make ourselves into a blank slate, a tabula uh, rosa, as the Latin phrase is. Because in some ways, it's it's a lot easier to come to something and understand it, um, like as a child, as a blank slate, than to have all these ideas and then toss them away and then resurrect new ideas. It's easier to make a baby than it is to raise someone from the dead. Trust me, I know um, Eric and I have a son. His name's little Jay. He's over at the childcare, but guess what? Can I tell him we are having another child as well. So we're pregnant again and, uh, we'll find out pretty soon if it's a boy or girl and let you all know, and we'll celebrate that. Um, but it's much easier to make a baby than it is to raise the dead. There's aspects of making a baby that are fun. Um, and, and and if you're married and in the right context, it's, it's you should blank slate yourself. Here's the point. <laughs> let's, let's be like babies, having, like, in a way, put aside uh, our understanding of the Holy Spirit. And let's look at Scripture. Because I think in a lot of ways, especially when we get to next week, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit... Maybe for you, uh, some of those things have been poorly packaged. They've been handed to you in this horrible packaging, and they've been maybe force-fed to you, or like, this is how the Holy Spirit has to be. This is the gifts. This is what it has to be like or, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's not like that, that's like this, or or very, so as we go through this topic, let's be blank slates and, and have scripture alone um, show us what we should believe, because we believe in scripture as Christians. It's kind of our ground, our foundation for what we believe. So I want to do a a discussion question. I think discussion's an important part of the Mill Sunday School. We sit at round tables for a reason, to discuss things. I have you introduce yourself to, to someone at the beginning of Sunday school every single time because we think it's important to have this community and talk through things. So uh, we're going to discuss two different passages. We're going to split the room like right down the middle. Like Zach would be cut in half. And Anthony would be cut in half. Or you could choose a side if you want. Um, And so if you're on the left side, uh, there's the right side over there. Here's the left side over here. Uh, Look at, so you have to pull out a Bible, look at these passages um, and talk about them. What is Jesus saying about the Holy Spirit in this passage? Maybe assign someone at your table to be a scribe and just underline things. I love writing in my Bible just because it, and highlighting, is it brings things out figuratively in the text that, that I can come back to and think about. But maybe underline things or write things down. What is Jesus saying about the Holy Spirit? So here are the verses. Uh, discuss these things. Ready, get set, go. And I would love to have some of you, uh, maybe a couple people from this side, John 14, uh, and then maybe a couple people from this side, John 16, share just like big picture stuff of what this passage is about. And if you share, we got Sunday school stickers. It says Sunday School Star on it, and, 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 and you get to wear it. And you get to, like, show your mom, guess what, mom, look at this. And and to, anyways, and we also have, um, for those of you that really want a sticker, uh, you should sit in the front half of the room because look under your tables. There's stickers. Oh, the front row found some stickers. So share the stickers with the, the front. So next time you come to the most Sunday school, yeah. Uh, sit in the front. There might be stickers. Anyways, uh, so anyways, uh, who wants to share about John 14? Maybe this side of the room. Would you guys like to go first? Share some, some big picture thing or, or a piece of something you found in the verse that's like, oh, this is, this is awesome. This is who the Holy Spirit is. This is a role of the Holy Spirit. Anybody want to go first? Sticker time. All right, we'll get you your sticker. All right, go ahead. He's inside of you, so you can know things. Like, if you have a question, you can ask the Holy Spirit, and he'll tell you. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he guides so. us in truth. He, yeah, that's good. Here's your, here's your blue Sunday School Star sticker. Wear that with pride. Um, yes, anybody else for, on this side want to share a John 14? Uh, yes, we'll come back here. You just want a sticker? Will you, <laughs> say, yeah, I know you. Say something awesome. Um. We said that it uh, yes. really shows his identity. In this who, the Holy Spirit's identity, yeah. Who and he is. Who he is, and he is the gift giver. And I said that um, he le- the Lord leaves us with hope in yeah. the Holy Spirit. So he's like leaving. But it's so Jesus is leaving, like, but don't worry, I'm going to send you yes. another And and it's the John 14 that says, I'm going to send you another counselor. So that right there is often uh, a passage theologians look at and say, oh, another, like Jesus, like Jesus was God. Here's another counselor um, like God. Great. You get a Sunday school. There's only a few colors. So pick a good, a pink one maybe. Um, All right. Any more from John 14? Okay, Higgins, with the stickers in hand. I'm not doing it for a sticker. (laughs) So, So the... Uh this passage of, of Scripture implies that the Holy Spirit is unknowable outside of salvation. But he brings salvation. He, he says, uh, you, the, the world won't know me, but you will know me, for he right. lives inside of you. Right. Yeah. So, So on your own, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to you except through salvation. Great. Give yourself a sticker that he's the sticker bearer. It's an important role. Okay, so that's John 14. So you guys didn't get to hear what, or maybe you didn't get to look at and study what John 16 said. So somebody over here share John 16 so that we can all learn from the knowledge and power that is in the Word of God. Jared's getting caught. If if you have something to say, uh, say it. If don't don't pick on somebody else. So Jared, do you want to share? Yeah, share. Okay, he will share. You get a sticker. So. No, I don't. It's not about the sticker," he said. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, there's a list of things that the, the Holy Spirit does. Uh, he convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, uh, and brings judgment and clarification to the Word of God.
1: So, so a couple yeah, of things that we
0: found in John 16 uh, as his main role in replacing the Son. So he brings people to himself. He's the bearer of truth. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Thank you. Excellent sticker. And you have you have something as well? Okay. Get you the mic thank you it's um it's um, chapter 16 verse 14 he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making making it known to you all that belongs to the father is mine that is why i said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you and it reminds me of jesus saying i am the truth the way and the life so it seems to me that the holy spirit was given to us to give the fact that to give us jesus the truth the way and the life so he gives us the A way to tell us the life of Jesus, at the same way how to live the life of Jesus, for us to know the truth and the way to live like Him and to bring heaven from. Yeah, from heaven to excellent. Earth. Yeah, it's this beautiful connection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. If you know me, you know the Father, that's another verse. And then this idea that I'm sending him to you. And there's this interconnection of who Jesus is with the Holy Spirit, that they are one. And so which leads us to believe, like the Nicene Creed writers wrote down, he is the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son. And with the Father and the Son, he is worshiped. And glorify. He's not just this force of God, but he's God. Um, And so let's talk about um, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. I think that is whenever you study uh, pneumatology or theology, the study of God, or Christology, the study of Jesus, you end up studying the person and the work uh, of these uh, personages of God. So going back a couple of months ago, I think it was in January that we studied Christology. We studied who he was and we talked about, oh, he's very God from, from very God. And he's uh, one in being with the father. And we studied, then we studied, oh, the work of Jesus, how he brings about salvation. And we spent a month doing soteriology. The same with uh, theology, the study of God. We talked about who God is, the, 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 the person of God. And then the, the month after that, we studied his creation. That's what he does. He protects and preserves his creation. That's us. Um, and so like those topics, let's talk about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and then the work of the Holy Spirit. So who he is and then what he does. Cool? Cool. Okay, that's what we're going to do for the next uh, 15-ish so minutes. So there's a couple ways to preface this that would be bad ways. Um, bad questions to ask about the Holy Spirit. Not like bad as in like uh, evil, but bad as in not phrased correctly. Um, Maybe you've run into some trick questions in your life. I always like this one in in, uh, elementary school. We'd always try to trick people with this one. It says, if a plane crashes, crashes on the border of U.S. and Mexico, where do they bury the survivors? And then you're like, oh, wait, oh, wait, are they Mexican or are they are United States citizens? Uh, wait, what, what side of the border? And he's like, nah, they don't bury the survivors, dummy. Get it? I'm sure you've heard it before. Or uh, does Great Britain have a 4th of July? Of course they do. And they also have a 5th and 6th of July. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, or how many animals did Moses take on the ark? You're like, oh, wait the pears and the clean. Oh, nah, gotcha. It's Noah, not Moses. Those are bad questions. Here's a bad question. <laughs> so a bad question about the Holy Spirit, uh, about uh, his, his person would be this. This is a bad question. It's just kind of a trick question. It's just phrased a little bit wrong by saying, what is the Holy Spirit? And what's wrong about this is we would say, well, it's not a what. It's not a thing. It's not a creation of God. It, it is a who. And so a better way to phrase it is a who is the Holy Spirit. We talk about him as a person. We don't talk about him as like just this unpersoned force. Like Luke, I'm your father. Use the force uh, for all you Star Wars nerds. It's not like it's not a force. It's a person. For instance, I'm going to give you three verses that kind of show this uh, very quickly. Acts 13, 2. Acts 13.2 says, uh, while they're worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So the Holy Spirit speaks. It's not just a force that, uh, you know, moves, but it says something. That's personage. That that was Acts 13.2. Another one is Ephesians 4.30, if you're writing these down for later. Uh, Ephesians 4.30 Talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit was just a thing, just a force, well, then why would it grieve like like a person, like like God? Um, Ephesians four thirty says, uh, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed on the day of redemption." Um, the Holy Spirit has a will. First Corinthians twelve eleven, First Corinthians twelve eleven says. Uh, the, the, spirit distributes the gifts, uh, just as he wills or just as he determines. So the, the Holy spirit isn't a, what the Holy spirit is a, who it is a person of God, just like God, the father, God, the son, we have God, the Holy spirit. So that is the, the much better way to talk about the Holy spirit as a, as is in with who language rather than what language. So that's the, that's the who of the Holy Spirit. And we'll continue on through the month talking about who he is and, and, and his gifts and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That will, that will again and again come up uh, throughout this month. But I wanted to nail that point and, and get that into our minds that we are talking about a who. Not a what? We are talking about the Lord, the giver of a, a giver of life. We're not just talking about a, a force of God or something like that. So the next question, uh, and it's a bad question. We could phrase it better. Is this question? So this is the bad question. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Well, what's his purpose? Um, and and it's a bad question um, because it would be like asking, uh, like God, hey God, what is your purpose? Or like a piece of clay that's been molded into a pot. The pot asking the the potter, what is your purpose? Well, I just am. Don't worry about it. I'm making pots. Um, or asking God, hey, God, what's your purpose? Like, why do you exist? It's like, well, that is... A much, it's just beyond the grasp of a human knowledge. We'd say g- God always has been, always will be. In the beginning, God. Uh, his His purpose is... So asking someone's purpose, um, in a way, is like asking them what they do. But but what you do, as you probably know, isn't totally tied to who you are. Who you are can be different than, than what you do. Just because you have a certain job doesn't mean that's who you are for all of eternity. Um, that's just what you do. So anyway, a better way to ask this, I think, is... Is probably to phrase it like this. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? And that's something we could talk about within um, the the Godhead. Like, what what is the role of the Father? What is the role of the Son? Well, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? What makes him unique in the Trinity? What gives him his uh, personage within the Trinity? And there's a whole bunch of things we're going to talk about with the role of the Holy Spirit Next week, we'll talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then later this month, we'll talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in giving gifts. And so those are two things right off the bat that we will get to. Um, but I wanted to give you a few verses. Um, Romans eight twenty seven. Romans eight twenty seven 27 says uh, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So this idea of interceding maybe you've heard that word before it's kind of a prayer word like oh let me intercede for you or for my city or for this church like let me go on behalf of them and pray to god the father and so in a way it's like oh the holy spirit intercedes for us the holy spirit is like counseling us and and praying for us before the father this beautiful mysterious thing of of the spirit of god the person of god praying to God Himself, it's just it's beautiful and interesting and um, wow! The Holy Spirit prays for us. Awesome. Um, John sixteen seven uh, talks about so the the group of you read that passage that He convicts the world in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So part of His role isn't just to make us feel better all the time, but to convict us of sin. It's like oh, we made a mistake. The the Holy Spirit will convict us of that and bring us into this uh, this contrition of oh, well, we need to be forgiven. We need to repent of what we've done. And the Holy Spirit reminds us uh, or just brings conviction to us so that we can go to the father and receive forgiveness from the son who died on the cross for us and come to him blameless and holy and righteous. And so that's a role of the Holy Spirit. Um, he is a counselor. John fourteen sixteen says that I uh, will give you another counselor. Does anyone know the Greek word there it starts with a P? Paraclete. Yes, I heard it a couple of places. This, this Greek word paraclete, which is counselor or advocate or someone who comes alongside of you. And is just like, yeah, you can do it. You're, you're, you're one. You know, you're, you're in, in the Father's will. I'm going to assist you and help you. Uh, a helper, an advocate, a counselor, someone who is there with us. So that's a spirit's role. So another spirit's role is that he guides us. John sixteen thirteen. That's some of the passage some of you read on uh, one side of the room. He guides us into truth. Uh, leads us into truth so that we can find it. Um, finally, Galatians 5 says he indwells in us. So that's um, this idea that he lives inside of us. Galatians five twenty two to 23. He lives inside of us. He d- indwells inside of us. Uh, he begins the work of harvesting his fruit. Um, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Like those are the fruits of the Spirit. And he harvests them because he lives inside of us. Whenever I start thinking about the Holy Spirit, I just, it, it builds my faith to know oh, he's, he's here. He's with us. Like, like the air that we breathe. You know, going back to the original analogy of holding our breath. Like just as air comes into us, um, so the Holy Spirit does and comes into us. And it's this awesome, beautiful power of the Holy Spirit. And the final thing is uh, the Holy Spirit gives us power, which is where we'll get to the sweet analogy in just a second. Um, but first, the verse, uh, Acts one eight says this. It says, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be my witnesses. He's talking to the disciples. He says, you know, wait for this gift that I will give you. The Holy Spirit, it'll come on you and you will receive power. Power, strength, to do what? Just go out and have a good time? No, to be the witnesses, to join in with what the Holy Spirit is already doing, to join in with the will of the Father to create his rescue plan for this world. The, the Spirit will give you power to do that, to carry out the will of God. And, you, and it says, you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the very earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So, are you ready for a sweet analogy Okay, so what we're going to... I've already asked Sarah and Eric Erb, they're they're a married couple, to come up here and they're going to race each other with something uh, that we have, uh, I've set up. So Sarah and Eric, come on up. Let's give them a hand. And we're going to like show it like this. So you can see three um, uh, bolts on each side. Do you see the bolts? Can you see them from where you are? Eh, kind of. And they're there. Um, There's six bolts in the board. And I screwed these in yesterday. And so they're in there pretty good. And so um, the board, and by the way, first of all, there's lots of things wrong with this analogy. If you like start to think about, oh, wait, the Holy Spirit is a pneumatic tool? No, it's not a pneumatic tool, but it's like a pneumatic. So there's, there's some things this analogy will get right There's some things that this analogy will get very wrong, but just go with it. The bigger point here is that uh, we will see the power of the Holy Spirit, someone working with the power of the Holy Spirit versus someone working on their own power. Make sense? Okay, so so, uh, so um, so we have two tools. You get the power tool? Um, We have a power tool and a pneumatic tool. This is a pneuma. What's that word mean? air, wind, the, the power of wind. So it's plugged into this uh, air compressor. And, and by the way, the air compressor is not plugged in. So here's the cord to it. So it's just full of air. Like this this air compressor is, the, the tank at least, is filled with air to like 100 and something PSI. And so, uh, so that, it's just a tank of air. And so this pneumatic tool, works uh off the principle of air being blown into this air wrench and and sarah you want the you don't care now you're chickening who she can't handle the. Sp- <laughs> did you hear that eric said she couldn't handle the spirit um i'm not going there so there's two who want, so who wants the little tool you you want this one okay here's this one here's so wait before you get going um eric represents a uh, a person or a christian um trying to carry out god's mission do good on his own strength so he's got a little ratchet there um he's always taken off the the extension, serious. getting serious. Um, and Sarah represents uh, a Christian who is flowing with the Holy Spirit um, and, and working with the Holy Spirit, not to do her own will, but to do the will of the Father. Yeah, is it in reverse? That would be important to, let's see, righty, righty, tidy, lefty, loose. Okay, that is. Uh, you're all set. Okay, so when we say go, you're, you're nervous? Don't be nervous. It's just, just if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll just, I'll make up something else of what this represents. Um, but we'll see the work, are you getting ready? Um, so you will see the work of these two Christians, one on their own, right? And one with the, the spirit, the pneumatic power that comes via the Holy Spirit. So can you guys maybe bring yours a little this way, Heath? Okay, perfect. And then, and then uh, you good there? You balanced? We're good? Okay. What, you guys are the 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 holders of the wood which represents the 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 church fathers holding the with the spirit okay ready so you'll try to do your three you'll try to do your 3 we'll see who finishes faster with more power ready get set go oh so <laughs> <It's a> what <laughs> sir. All right. That's why I picked a married couple. So the the this will be something that their their marriage that will live through the Sarah beating (laughs) Eric with the with the tool. All right, let's thank them. Thank you, guys. You can set the board down. So, uh, <laughs> it's just a, a memorable... I think I'll remember that for a while. Just the look on Sarah's face at the sheer power of the pneumatic... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm glad, I'm glad that worked out. Um, so, so, clearly, there's, there's some analogies here that... that in some ways, that's uh, helpful for us to understand. In some ways, it's like, wait, what? The, the, the guys represent the church fathers? What does that mean? Anyways... Um, I think you all see the bigger point, that this pneumatic, I, mean, I remember just when I first got an air, I, I work on my car a lot, and I got an air compressor and an air, it's called an air impact wrench, um, I was just blown away, like, wow, I, I used to have to, like, go get a big cheater bar to get the bolts off to get my tire off, but now that little handheld tool con- con- connected just to a tank of air has more power in it than me with my, like, cheater bar trying to get off a bolt off of my tire. I was just like, wow, that's really cool how much power air has in it and so along with that, that that was just kind of the big point of how powerful the holy spirit is and how um we as christians have been called to receive the holy spirit and to to work with him in carrying out his will of course it's not our will that we carry out um but his will we carry out his purpose with his power so as we reflect on the holy spirit um of course, it isn't just a tool, and I think next week and the week after, we'll talk about how maybe you've seen the Holy Spirit misused or mis, misabused as a tool, like, oh, look, look at me, look at my power in the Holy Spirit, look at my giftings, and, oh, the Holy Spirit must love me more than you, um, or just these bad packages uh, that how the Holy Spirit has been wrapped up and, and shown to you. Um, we'll, we'll get into some of those things the next week and the week after, but I want us to be blown away. Um... The, the, this idea of the wind and the power of the wind blown away by the, the spirit and, and how he enters us and lives inside of us. Um, so let's let's pray as we close this morning. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit. Let's worship the Holy Spirit. God, we, we do come before you, Holy Spirit. And we say to you, be inside of us. Come inside of us and give us power to live, to do your will, to, to act accordingly. To, to who you are, your ways, your truth, your power. Holy Spirit, we are um, just in awe. We try to lay down things, misconceptions that we have about you to open ourselves up to you and your power, your truth. We worship you, Holy Spirit. You are God. And when we say that to you, we, we worship you as, as the Lord. So Holy Spirit, love. we love you. Uh, we give you our honor. We give you our praise. Be in us as we live as Christians. your holy and precious um, spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, you're officially dismissed. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.